There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minion! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Blog Talk Radio. To make fun of the Japanese. I wasn't. Music. I was about to do the thing too. I was about to lead you in with the hand again, but I, I didn't. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review, the review show where two cranky critics. <laughs> You're mixing up the dialogue. I'm not used I, to this. I am. All right. Forego the normal reviewing process and just talk about the movie, just like anybody else walking right out of the theater would talk about it. Hopefully, anyway, that's that's, that's the deal. A, that's our theory. Idea. Um, this week, Wreck It Ralph, which uh, you know is a little bit of a, a of a offbeat thing for us to do. Not that we haven't done animated movies before, right? Um, because we have, we did Paranorman and stuff. But yeah. generally <laughs> speaking, yeah, that would that would not be the way that we would go if there were anything else worth doing and uh this week you know as as people may know flight came out right and i i personally just wasn't that interested so <laughs> there you, there you go and um what's that other one the the man with the, the iron golden, fist yeah or, the man with the golden gun or the, the yeah. something the uh martial arts movie i don't know the man with the golden I, fist i really i really wasn't I'll double check outrageously interested in that one either I, yeah and you know, oddly enough, I just was kind of interested in this one. I just yeah. kind of there was something about it that I, I almost thought actually that I was I was going to be able to maybe rip it apart because it looks like right. you watch the trailers, it looks like oh here's a nice excuse to just throw out all these you know marketing things and right. I, I don't know Namco is paying them some money to. To get Hubert into something in Pac-Man or, yeah, you know, whatever. Right. I don't know. It just – it looked a little cornball in the trailers. But there was something about it that I really just kind of wanted to watch it. And plus, I love John C. Riley, So right. he's voicing something. And and I don't even know what it was. It was this strange, like, alignment of the planets that this just was the thing that we wanted to see. Right. Before we go into that, we have a couple of things uh, I want to talk about real quick. One is next week – uh, we're going to be doing the show on Monday instead of our usual somewhere on the weekend time mm-hmm. slot. Not that we actually have a usual right. time slot, although Sunday at four has been pretty regular. Right. But we're going to be doing it on Monday, and we're going to have a very special guest. We're going to be doing Skyfall. And before I even say who it is, actually, I want to just make sure that I, I get that locked totally in so that I can really just you know call the bastards right. if he doesn't actually right. call sure. in. Right. So so I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's a very cool guest. It's uh, not a person from the movie. Right. Um, it does not l- rhyme with l- Daniel Craig. Like I said, right. Like I said, we're we're going to be doing Skyfall, which that would just be awesome enough. Right. I'm I looking think, forward to that anyway. On its own. Um, but the person who is going to be on the show is another movie critic, 
um, and a, you know, kind of media personality mm-hmm. kind of person, but someone who is, you know, pretty well known as a movie critic. And he's going to be joining us. He's got a book. And uh, this all sounds like Roger he, Ebert. He all, yeah, it's like That'd be it's great. Roger Ebert. It would, I would have to get right in the middle of the two of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would only do it if he was actually going to be like live. Be like, like here. The crystal skull. Go. Yeah. Anyway, so. So we have a special show next week. The other thing is uh, we had a contest running at the site. That is expired. And so if you know anything about it, it that's over. And we're going to have to start it over. So what we're going to do is we're, we're going to kick that off now. And this time I'm going to do it. If, I, if we don't get the number we're after, mm-hmm. I'm going to let it run this time until the end of the year. Okay. So now this time, uh, the the contest is going to be – the way to enter the contest, I'll explain that first, is going to be we want reviews on iTunes. So you have to review the show. Are you instant reaction review? It's really easy to find on iTunes or in the you know your podcast app or whatever. Yep. Um, and then actually, I don't know if you can write a review with the podcast app. You might have to go to iTunes. Hmm. Because I've never tried to do that. I've not done that either. But anyway, we're looking for reviews on iTunes. So you have to review the show on iTunes. It doesn't really matter what your review is. It would it would probably be nice if it was not a horrible review. Right. But you know, hey, that's that's just you know open, right? I right. mean, it can be it, so if, it, if it's a bad review, if you don't like oh, us, then yeah. whatever. That's that's fine. But. You have to review the show on iTunes. Then there's going to be the post on com of this show, hopefully tomorrow or the next day. Right. Because, you know, I'm in crisis mode in my house right now, so it may, <laughs> it may take a little bit to get to it. Anyway, so there will be the post on com, uh for this show, this show right now. And what you do is review the show on iTunes, then leave a comment on that post and just say what you said in your review. I mean, so we know who you are and and what review it was, okay? When we get to 30 reviews, we're going – that's the end of the contest. There can only be 30 entries. Right. So – as soon as it gets to 30, whenever that is, it's going to be over. And like I said, if we don't get 30 by the end of the year, then I will be seriously bummed for one thing. <laughs> but we'll just end it and no one wins. If you already <laughs> entered. Yeah. Well, that's well I just figured you'd be like, we'll take however many we have and that'll be it. No, that's. So if 29 no. people get in and you don't get that's your right, 30, nothing. nobody gets anything nobody even gets for anything. all their hard work. All okay. their hard work. Yeah. They carry a stone up a hill or anything. <laughs> okay. So uh, if you already entered when we had the previous contest and you've already reviewed us on iTunes, just leave the comment right. uh, again on the new post and you'll, you'll be fine. Right. It's not like you're actually out anything at this point. Now what we're going to give away this time, okay, last time I'm still going to give away the Terminator set because we had that last time. Last time it was for the four-movie Blu-ray set of Terminator, which is like cool set. Yeah. So that's still going to be involved in the giveaway. Also added to that is the uh, 30th anniversary Blu-ray super pack of Blade Runner that just came out. Oh, yeah. That's cool. It's got a 72-page book. It's got a, the little car that you get with yep. it. It's uh, it's actually a really sweet set. Oh, There's like four different cuts of the movie yeah. in, the, in this <laughs> you pack. Can watch it's it the really cool. Your life, yeah. It's really cool. It's like the original theatrical, then the directors, then yeah. like the 
30 year special cut right. and like an international cut or something. I don't oh, know. There's yeah. like, there's all these different cuts. Cool. It's, it's pretty cool. And there's a lot of cool bonus Just features. And, and, and this is actually a movie that the bonus features are really cool. Yeah. So, uh, so there's that. And then in addition to those two things, $50 Amazon gift card. Whoa. So that adds up to, to that's quite a, that's a bit. That's quite a haul. Yeah. So um, we'll be, you know, we'll be reminding you of it. It's always right. going to be back to Wreck-It Ralph. So like next week when we say if you right. want to enter, it's just, it's always, it has to be on the post of Wreck-It Ralph. And it's just going to be, you know, random.org and one out of 30, whatever, right. and whoever it is. So when you leave your comment, make sure that there's some way to contact you. You have to sign in and, you know, have like your Facebook or your email Twitter or something, yeah. some way that we can contact you. So there's that, the super duper giveaway. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, well, we'll see if it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> if well, I'm sitting here, awesome. if I'm sitting here, not all awesome of December if 29, going. If 29 do it, that's, that's not awesome. That's not awesome, I no. guess. But, but anyway, um, you know, the reviews actually are just outrageously helpful, as we've said before. Yeah, they really are. Um, so now, Wreck-It Ralph. Now, what, where do you want to go with that? You want to just jump in? You you have anything special you want to get out of the way to talk about Wreck-It Ralph at I don't, all? I don't think so. I just there was there was a fun thing that we can talk about afterwards. I just it was it was an interesting movie to go to after having seen the trailer a bunch of times, and then. I, I mean, the movie wasn't terribly long, but there was some point fairly early on in the movie where I realized this was not a trailer that gave away, you know, all the best parts. This was a trailer that only hinted at what we were about right, to see. Right, right. Like, it's it's a it's a very different movie. I mean, yeah. I, I know I've seen several it looks trailers totally and, and clips and stuff. Yeah, and it is very weird to me, anyway. The sense that. After you get like maybe twenty minutes into the movie, yeah, and then you go, well, what am I watching? Right. I mean, because right. the trailer just does not give you a good, I think, idea. I mean, you see Ralph, you know, sitting around in the room talking with the bad That's guys, a very support funny movie, group, right? the or bad something, and all, yeah. right? And then you see a bunch of stuff where they're they're in this game where they have to destroy the aliens and stuff and he's yeah. in the suit and you see stuff like that and you get the general idea of what's going on that he is sick of being a bad guy and stuff right but beyond that it doesn't really give you a good idea of thought, all the places this movie goes no I, and i thought the trailer made the whole thing kind of look like a big push for happy meals toys right. like a tie-in film like really like i felt like all right you're using a very interesting thing which is to Touch on all the old arcade games that we played when we were young kids, you right. know, and, and that nostalgic and turn to get us in there. But also throw in it looks, Bowser whenever you can, right? And so, it looks yeah. and it looks cute enough with all these video games for you know. There's the allusion to um, you know like the Halo world, and and that's cool. But there's also this stuff that appeals to us, which is the nostalgic side of things, which has Qbert and Street Fighter and and Sonic the Hedgehog and all these old games. And then you've got flashes to or allusions to all of these new ones. And I thought, well, that's a pretty interesting way to get me to have to drive through the drive-in to get a Happy Meal so that right. the kid can get whatever plastic knockoff of whatever character is this week's big seller. And that's a mistake. The The film is – and as it, as it revealed more, it was really, really, really fun to watch it, like kind of bring you in more because it's smart. 
it's layered. Right. It's, it's an invent. It's one of the most inventive and imaginative films I've seen in a while. And I don't mean like I thought. I thought like Frankenweenie, not just because that's another kids' film, at least on paper. I mean, it kind of is. Right, all, right. It kind of isn't too. But you know, that was an inventive and original and kind of exciting film in its own way. But this. This is really like surprising in how many layers it's got working for me. And I when when it kept going and as the minutes kept ticking, I was just so much more immersed in it. Right. I was having so much fun with not only the intelligence of the of the writing, the the story sets up these rules and this mythology and it makes perfect sense if you think a video game exists when you're not in the arcade. Right. Look, it, it is kind it's of very toy story. Toy story you know, when when you close the door and you go out to get groceries with your parents, you know, your toys come alive and they've got all personalities that are all, you know, in, indicated right. by them by their own kind of toy. And in this regard, once the arcade closes, everybody just kind of like goes and hangs out. So right, you've because got, they have nothing to do. They've got nothing else right. to do until the arcade opens. So you've got like all these characters, like you've got the ghosts from Pac-Man hanging out with something from Dig Dug, who are having a beer with the guys in, you know, God of War. I mean, it can be right. this really funny mismatch of stuff. And it's it's just really interesting the way that they set it up and then slowly evolve. And even as the film got on and on for me, I thought, okay, I can see, like, the big climax and the big, you know, antithesis of what the, the conflict is. And I was wrong. Like, it kind of resolves this, and then there's another right. another big arc of something. I'm like, wow, that was really smart. It didn't pander to kids. It included adults. And in a kind of strange way, I felt like this is almost like an adult animated movie. Right. Like, in a weird way, I felt like it was more for me than the kids that were in the audience. But but the kids we, the kids in our it. show, they right. we, they were howling with laughter, and I could hear the adults all laughing. And it was, it was a fantastic surprise. And there were several points that I actually laughed. Yeah, it's hard and, to get you to crack up does, in a movie. That doesn't happen I, a lot in I the theater. I agree. In the theater, you know, you're a good-natured guy outside of the theater, but when you right. go in, you're on the clock. You're all business. And you were cracking up. So right. the last time I the, heard you there laugh... There are some surprising points yeah. is, how yeah. they, is how they get you with the laughter, right. too, or at least how they get me because it's like, you know, they kind of go one way. And then not only that, it, there are these little shift comedy things where you don't right. think anything comedic is coming. Yeah. And then it's like, boom, some weird thing happens. And yeah. I know I laughed at a couple of those. And then I laughed at, I laughed one time. I remember that something that I even saw in a clip. Right. And then I still laughed at it. Yeah. So that was pretty good because it sets up really well yep. for the part that you get to in the clip. Yeah. And, and I, I had seen it before and I still laughed. <laughs> But I I think um you know in fairness everyone's going to kind of say well Toy Story and you know there's there's other things that are kind of ripping off the Toy Story idea like um you know actually my daughter's a huge fan of this Doc McStuffins now this new show which kind of mm -hmm. does the same thing it's like the you know the the toys when no adults are around right. whatever you know you have the same thing but you know, at the same time, Toy Story didn't invent that idea. No. I mean, it, there's plenty of stuff it's going a, back a right. long way a long where, way. you know, the toys come alive when people are around. It's not right. like Toy Story, like, completely right. came up with that out of nothing. But what I think is cool is, like, this is a very, like, interesting version of it. Mm -hmm. Because it's not exactly like they come alive when the, arc right. when the arcade closes. 
Like they're always alive. They're always alive. It's just that they're They're on stage during the. They're they're going through the game. They're doing what they're supposed to do, but they're exactly the same. It's not like anything actually changes, and then and then when it closes, then you just see them all go. Okay, (sighs) now now we can do works over or whatever. And they take the little tram up the electricity. Yeah, in the game center. Yeah. So that was really cool, but. Um, what's weird, like you were saying, it, that it's very layered. One of the things that stood out for me, and not only that it's layered, but like you also mentioned that it sets up its mythology sort of. Yeah. And there were so many times in this movie, and this is like such a bizarre thing, I think, for me to say about a movie that's an animated movie that's like for kids. But there were right. so many times during this movie that, you know, the movie is setting up all kinds of things. First of all, it has to, like, set up the world of one certain game. Right. Then it's, like, setting up that are not real games. So, I mean, there's, like, a mix where the things that really get involved in the story are all made-up games. Right. It's just that we know where those other games are in the arcade and, you know, like Pac-Man is, you know, whatever, but Pac-Man doesn't actually like play a serious role in the plot. Right. Right. So we've got one game where we have to kind of set up its own mythology Mm -hmm. in in a way, how that's working. And then we've got the sugar rush game where we have to have the whole stuff that's going on there. And then we have this whole weird thing where you can, like, get into the code of the game. Yeah. And we have to play by those rules of how that could work. Right. And then there's sort of the, like, overarching rule of just game Gaming, like, right, right. Like, when they're in the, when they're in, like, the subway station or whatever yeah. it is when everyone is there. Right. There are rules about how everyone works or, you know, whatever. And anyway, I'm going, like, way off off the chart here, but what was amazing to me was there were so many times in this movie where I went, you know, that's exactly what Ralph would do right there. Right. And I'm like, how many real movies do I see (laughs) where, where I can, where I say the same thing about the character, you know, where I go, you know, I think that's exactly what he would do. I mean, maybe at certain points or whatever, Mm -hmm. but this movie, it was like over and over again. And he had like such a, a cool, I don't know, like, John C. Riley like really kind of brought he this owned that like whole thing, yeah. You know the the haggard thirty year he's got that veteran perfect, yeah. of his own game, <laughs> like just sick of doing yeah. it, and I don't want to be a bad guy and everything. Yeah, and and then we take that and throw him into weird situations, and it's like he goes into this other game. And he thinks he knows what it would be like to go in another game, right. but it turns out he has no idea. <laughs> yeah, that first minute of his panic is like, wow, that's <laughs> right. funny. And and that's another thing that was interesting, too, is that, you know, if you die when you're not in your own game, right? then you're dead. Again, that's part of the fun mythology. Like, you know, we were saying earlier is if you're in your own game and you die, you can come back an unlimited time. Right, right. But they very clearly say if because you're out of your game, and clearly you, the rules of your game. And it's interesting right. they seem to, without saying ahead of time, um, the only way they know this has happened is clearly it's happened. Like somebody has gone from one game into another, died there, and then they're gone. Right. Like there's no regeneration in your own game, let alone that game. Right. So that's an interesting sense of danger because then you care about like, oh my God, Ralph's in trouble. He could. Right. He could so, die. so it's funny because he goes into this Halo esque yeah. kind of killing bug right. nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Which that was another really cool thing I thought too is like it, in that game 
you know, there's a little robot mm-hmm. for the player, right? And you see them that was on the screen, and then it's like what they're looking at is what the little thing is looking at, and that thing in itself is somehow alive too, yeah. and it's yeah, <laughs> and that and kind it has of, its emotion. And it's funny those kind of games, not on like necessarily home systems, but when you're in an arcade and the game, the movie. The movie is set in an arcade. It's it's not a home system, right. so there are kids putting quarters in, which is nostalgic anyway. But every time I put in quarters, whether we're at the, the movies or a mall or wherever, those kind of gun games always has some character like Jane Lynch's character come by and like right. start screaming at you like, now we got to go over and there, then, move, 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 right. look And then out. explaining stuff. And it was funny and, to see right. that happen like that, and she's screaming at this tiny flat screen, like wall kind of thing, yeah. and that thing had a personality. And, all the, and then we reset and stuff. And, okay, funny. back to the beginning, right. everybody. Let's go back, right. yeah. But, so what was cool about that with the whole death thing is that, you know, Ralph is like, well, I heard in this game you can win a medal. It's all about Ralph right. wanting to, wanting to win, win a medal. And I suppose we should, you know, Quick overview of... We can run through really quick. I don't know how necessary it is, but... So, Wreck-It Ralph, he is the bad guy in the game, Fix-It Felix Jr., right? Right. And it's really just this kind of weird spin on Rampage. Yeah, and Donkey Kong. Where where it's like, you know... He's breaking the building. You have to play Felix as, as like the gamer. You play Felix and run around with your magic hammer and right. fix the windows right. and you know whatever, <laughs> fix the building. And there are all these little people that yeah. live in the building that you know poke their head out the broken window or <laughs> right. whatever. Those people were great too yeah. in the in the movie. Yeah. And and you know other than that, I don't I don't have any idea what goes on in the game. Ralph is a big That's like it. giant guy who smashes stuff. Right. And and that's it for his game. And he lives in the garbage pot where, where all the broken yeah. bricks go and <laughs> whatever. So so he goes out into this other game and he really doesn't you know know anything. So mm-hmm. the thing is that you know when when you win as Fix It Felix or whatever, you get a medal. Right. And they have a party for the 30th anniversary of the game. So right. there's they have like a you know, apartment building kind of, and they're up in the penthouse and all the little people are having a party and Felix is there and everything. And so, you know, Ralph wants to go to the party and right. they're like, they didn't invite me to the party because right. he's a bad guy. Right. When right. the game's over, they still keep their roles. They, no one sees him as like a good, right. They don't, you know, ha- they don't guy. hang he's out. He's just right. a bad guy. So he never comes in. Right. It's not like, you know, in Toy Story, <laughs> if you're like, you know, if, if Andy had a Zerg toy or right. whatever, you know, he wouldn't necessarily be <laughs> evil at everybody in the little right. party, right? Yeah. Anyway, but and he it's not that he is either. Right. I mean he's he's not. It's just that they go, You're the bad guy and right. get away from me, right? So they don't invite him to the party. So now he wants a medal because, right. you know, Felix gets a medal and right. it, there's some little confrontation thing where he goes, Oh yeah, I will get a medal and right. you know, you know where that part of the story's going yeah. anyway. So he needs to get a medal. So he so he finds out that where you can get a medal is in this Halo game. If you like win the whole game, you get some hero medal or whatever. Right. So he wants to go get it. And what, so what is uh, interesting about that with the whole death thing is that he kind of just goes into the game. He goes, "All right, there's a game I can go in." He knows that right. if he dies in another game, right, he's you know, and he's not going into play Candyland or something, or right, like, or or like that game uh, Sugar Rush that they eventually get to. 
It's not like there's maybe a lot of chance you're dying there anyway. Right, right. But so he goes into this game, and he just goes, yeah, I'm going into another game. And then he gets involved <laughs> and finds out what's happening, and he's like, uh, you know, uh, really yeah. freaks yeah. out. And, oh, my God, and these bug aliens and people are shooting. And, uh, you know, the um, – the uh, Jane Lynch mm-hmm. character—I I don't know what her character's name is—but um, okay. um, you know her character is screaming at him, thinking he is whatever guy he took the he, suit yeah, off he, of he, or yeah. whatever. So she is freaking out, <laughs> right. going, "Why is why is this guy all of a sudden acting like an idiot?" Right. And you've got the per- the little kid in the arcade playing the game, right. going, "What?" <laughs> and then he grabs the screen and he starts screaming at like it. the player, "Let me out!" or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it was hilarious. But what what was really cool is after he uh, gets involved in there, it was it was really how I thought he would react. Right. I, I mean, within reason, right? Right. Because, you know, he goes in, he thinks he knows what's going on, and he has no idea what's yeah. going on. And then all of a sudden, you know, if I die out here, but then he actually goes to get the medal anyway, which right. which was really cool. Yeah. The, the game ends because of him, because yeah. he, like, screws up the person's game, which is right. like a cool spin that the person is out in the arcade and goes, what a ripoff. Right, because yeah. It all gets screwed up because <laughs> yeah. Ralph is going nuts. And then it's like, uh, okay, timeout, and everybody reset or whatever. And yep. he just takes off to go climb the tower and right. try to get the medal, which it all goes wrong, and there are big problems. And then he ends up in the Sugar Rush game, and then the Sugar Rush game like really takes over most yeah. of the movie. Right. I mean, there's you know we've got like kind of the first act of the movie is just getting us to the point where he gets into Sugar Rush and then can meet uh, Sarah, Sarah Silverman. Who is yeah? Is it Penelope? Yep. Uh, Vanellope, excuse me. I, I was going to say, right. but um, yeah. So then she's a character, and then yeah. we have this whole thing about that's a racing game, but it's this weird like cart racing in like Sugar World where everything's made of sugar yeah. and the cars are made of sugar, and and then we have this whole really wild spin, and she steals his coin so that she can get in the race and. And then by the time you get done with all this, it like ties back into this whole tangential thing we explained just because people keep saying, go turbo. Right. Is he going turbo? Right. And we have this little backstory thing of there was a game and it's this really awesomely old looking spy hunter horrible graphic game that was, uh, you know, turbo – Something I don't something, know. This guy looks like a dog or something, yeah. and, it, and it's like <laughs> Turbo the dog. He was or like something. eight bits. It's not his fault that he right. looked like that. Well, maybe he was supposed to be a dog. I don't know. But anyway, so in the arcade, you know, if you go into another game and try to take it over, right. that's like called going Turbo because this Turbo character from this game, you know, like. Lost his mind and RC Rally showed right. up or yeah. whatever game it yeah. it was that kind of looked Road like blasters that. and and uh, and that was the new racing game. Then everybody right. wanted to play that and he got really jealous. jealous yeah. And so he went into the that game. That was such a funny moment. He's sabotaging <laughs> the new game and he's all eight bit and they're like really <laughs> awesome looking and he's just popping and, up here and there. And it does and that moment does a really fun thing to explain all these things that just happen in real life because the the kids playing the new driving game are like this thing's all glitchy. And right. then the arcade owner has to come over and put the dreaded yellow sticker of, 
you know, I'm sick. I'll, I'll hopefully be back tomorrow. Right. Like, out of or, order. Yeah. And when the characters in the game see this big yellow haze come over them and they realize they're in trouble because if they get unplugged, then they're gone. Right. You know, if they can't be fixed. And so, and so then it, it even like connects with when Ralph leaves and you know he only means to leave for a little a little, a little while right so then, pick up his metal. then he gets sucked into the sugar rush game right and then you know whatever so so then somebody comes to play fix it Felix Jr not absolutely because they wanted to either but mainly right. because they're pissed that the Halo game went nuts on right him. So this this little girl, then she plays the the Fix It Felix game, and the little lines pop up above where (laughs) Ralph is supposed to be standing, and she goes, huh? Yeah. And then Fix It Felix comes out to repair stuff, and no one's been there to break anything yet. Yeah. And he's bouncing. He's like, Ralph, (laughs) come on, Ralph. So, yeah, so that all, all like, kind of ties together. It's cool how... They have all these things that they continue it on and stay kind of true to what they're developing Mm -hmm. when you have like these weird moments where, you know, somebody kind of looks out of their screen to the game on the other side of the of the room and then they go, wait, I see this over there or, (laughs) you know, just all those things. And and then, you know, well, Ralph's not here. So if we play the game, Ralph's not there. And and it worked out well, but. Once we get into Sugar Rush, then it's like kind of the movie starts happening right. and we have the whole thing with uh, Vanellope right. is a glitch in the game. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know that we go real far on on what our explanation of that is in the real world, yeah. except that everyone just kind of goes along with the glitch idea. Right. Which makes sense in the end. Right. But it, that's kind of a tricky point as you're going through it when you're watching it. But it all comes together in the end. But she's like a glitch. So the story is that she is a character who was not supposed to be in the game. Mm-hmm. Like she's some kind of you know programming error. Or right. they were going to have this character at one point and then we decided against. But right. we left a piece of code in the game somehow. So yep. she's still kind of there yep. behind the scenes. But they have this thing. <laughs> They have this weird thing. The game rotates what characters are available each day. Right. And the way that we do that in, you know, Magic Land is that every day they have a race and the top nine racers get to be the people that you can choose the next day in the real game. Right. But every day you have to pay your coin to get into the race. Right. Which, you know, really only exists so that she has to have a coin right. and, and only exists so that she won't be able to race because she has no coins. Right. So, you know, of course he shows up with a coin and he really needs the coin and she really needs the coin and she steals the coin and, and, you know, on and on. But they, they basically kind of develop this, you know, weird relationship with each other that, you know, she's like an outcast Mm-hmm. And he feels like he's an outcast, and she's kind of whiny and crazy and yeah. obnoxious, <laughs> sort of. But she's, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. She's she's a, she's she's a very lovable. Yeah, yeah, she's a spirited, lovable little kid. She's but. she's really kind of like uh, Sarah Silverman in, right. in real life. If you like, could, if and, you if you somehow could just dial her to PG, right. And she was, yeah. and she wasn't being really foul all the right. time because in reality, 
you know, you can't have a kid Sarah Silverman show because <laughs> yeah, right. that's just not what she does. But if you could, this character would really be her. I mean, right. she's kind of that's her. Yeah. She's bubbly and crazy and sarcastic and mm-hmm. you, you know, kind of snotty at you. When you it you want to you want to yeah. you want to just spank her, you know, because she's being a brat. But in the in the exact next second, you want to just hold her and hug her. Right. She's got that weird duplicitous kind of like love hate. Right. And and so they obviously have like the that kind of relationship, you know. Ralph is obviously mad at her that she stole the coin, but then you know he can't kind of help but like her. The other people all pick on her and won't let her race, and you know then he gets upset at that. But then she's you still stole my coin, and you know it's kind of like back and forth like that. But they kind of connect and and get. Well, she you know, promises closer. to get his. She promises to get his coin back. She knows she can win the race if she can just get in the race. Right. If she if she so, wins, he'll get his coin back. Right. And for now, the coin is gone. There's right. like no. that we came up with a special neat excuse for the coin to just right. not exist anymore. They so, say it's in so the code. He can't. Yeah. He can't get it. You have to you have to deposit your coin into whatever. <laughs> right. And then it just turns into some code. Yeah. So um so anyway, uh their relationship really kind of takes over, but then you've also got the whole time that he's in here, you've got uh Felix trying to get him out. So Felix, you know, Cubert says he went into the right. Halo game yep. and finds Felix to tell him and so Felix goes into the Halo game and then he hooks he, he hooks, hooks up, up with, with Calhoun. Right. And they go looking for him and and then of course in the Halo game, there are whatever these weird insect monsters are, right. okay? The bugs. And, and yeah. yeah, they're the space bug whatever. Right. And when Ralph left the game, it was in a ship that had a bug on it, and they just flew straight into the Sugar Rush <laughs> game. game. Yeah. <laughs> and and so the bug is now in the Sugar Rush game. Right. So now they have to go save Sugar Rush from a problem that they don't even know they have. Right. All during all this time that we're watching, this bug is underground laying eggs and they will and destroy everything and it's acting like a virus you right. know it's actually like supposed to be this game virus things so. right it, it was actually really cool. really cool smart. i thought yeah i thought it was really cool that in that game the bugs that the halo people have to shoot yeah that they actually there's no control over them they're really yeah. alien bug right. nightmare thing yeah and they're not they're, they're not in on the joke. They're not sipping juice yeah. outside after yeah. after the game's no, they over. Yeah. They all get killed yeah. every time you play <laughs> the game. Then this super zapper comes yeah. out and they all have to die. Right. And there are more to regenerate for the next game or there are more yep. eggs to hatch for the next game or whatever. But I thought that was yeah. awesome. It was awesome. I thought it was just so cool that they didn't you know, there's Plenty of different ways you could go with that. I mean, yeah. you, you could easily. Uh, I mean, they want this for their next part of the story. It helps them to have the evil bugs or whatever. Right. But you could easily have like some other kind of problem, and you could just have. Right. You know, as soon as the game's over, the bugs flip up their helmets, and they're yep. like, "Hey, Bob, I'll right. see you next game or yeah. whatever." That that could be a whole thing. But no, the the super zapper of doom <laughs> comes out, yeah. and they all are hypnotized <laughs> and fly up to it. So anyway, they're going to try to take over the Sugar Rush. Yeah. And, you know, basically you've got your story. It's like we we kind of go back and forth. We obviously have to have like some misstep. I mean, it's 
it, it's kind of sad that the movie makes me think of Pixar so much yeah. that it makes me think of, um, and then actually, d- didn't I see, wasn't, I think I mentioned this, it was like John Lasseter was, he's the was something. He's an executive producer and he's the head of Disney's animation studio now. Right. So, so I mean, when you're watching this clearly movie, got you, know, influence, you yeah. know you feel this Lasseter. Inf- I mean, even if you don't know who John Lasseter is, when you see a Pixar movie, whether it's Toys, Finding Nemo, any of these films... He may not have directed them, but he had a huge hand in them, and this right. feels like one of them. Right, which is amazing, and you know, I just have to say, like, thank God for a Disney movie that's not specifically a Pixar movie that I like, right? Because it seems like it's nice it's, to mix that. It up. seems like it's been a long time. Yeah, <laughs> even some of the Disney movies that have done well and have. Uh, you know, had had a big following, and like we've got like Tangled, which Tangled I thought was actually pretty good. Yeah, and you could kind of see that they were they they're were trying, trying to learn from Pixar right. as opposed to Pixar trying to. You would think they would try to learn from Disney, right? But uh, Tangled was pretty good, but Tangled was really kind of easy, and and mm-hmm. you know everything was just like I don't know. It just felt very cookie cutter and, yeah. and but but not that bad and then you know things like the the princess and the frog which i really could not stand yeah i, I thought that was really like on the lowest real tier. Down. Yeah. it was like all of a sudden we were going back to things like hercules you yeah. know like it was yeah. really just <laughs> i did i did not love that film but it has been so long since there has been a just disney movie that I was like, hooray. Right. And like every Pixar movie that comes out, I'm, yeah. I'm like, you know, I just, every single one I think is better than the last, with the exception of Cars Cars 2, which I liked more than almost everyone. Yeah. Because somehow that got like some weird backlash of like everyone was just sick of saying that they liked Pixar right. movies. So they were like, fine, I hate we're gonna this movie. We're going to pick this one. We didn't right. like that. They're like, fine, it's this is the sequel that we hate. Right. I thought that was way better, but still it wasn't like the best of Pixar. Yeah. It wasn't their, their best effort. But it it was really cool to see and you just can tell so many things about the way that the story came together. Yeah. That it was, you know, Disney has so long been about you know, having a happy song and having a right. having a doll we can sell and right. something to add to the princess collection. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, I don't know, but does does this story really work? I don't know. It's a pretty good story. Let you know, just run with it. And, right, and they don't really kind of give it the care that I think. Like I said, I think Tangled is moving toward, toward uh, you know fixing that problem. But, you know, go back like two or three movies before that. Right. And it's really just like, is this something that people will buy when they're at Disneyland? Yeah. Y- you know, can we can we say that we have any story? Right. And then, I don't know, is the story awesome? Well, whatever, just get it out. Right, right? just draw it. Right. Yeah. And and in this one, I, I mean, it's, it's a kind of a departure, especially because so much of it is animated in so many different weird ways, yeah. which is another thing that just makes it awesome That's to watch. Strength, yeah. Because, you know, what's what's really cool is that you see the the uh, Felix game, mm-hmm. the game that Ralph's from, and then all of a sudden it cuts to, like, behind the screen, and we look at, like, those little people, and they're not – they don't quite look – that horrible. Yeah. But they look like they're 
what you see or right. whatever. I mean, they're st- they're very odd looking, and even Felix, who is supposed to kind of stand out, yeah, he has a totally different look to him. Yeah, standing right next to you know right. Jane Lynch's then, character. Yeah. And, and it's That's funny awesome. because he even mentions it. Yeah. He, does. <laughs> he goes, wow. <laughs> he's looking at her. He's like, right. whoa. And then he's even just in the game. And, and there are there are parts where it, in that Halo game, it's yeah. just like, whoa. And it's it's very different than pretty much everything, everything else. else. You know? yeah. He's used to – I don't think he hangs out with the same – yeah, crowd or in the <laughs> place hours, yeah. in the places where the Halo people go, yeah. right? He hangs out with like Pac Man and right, and maybe you know Sugar Rush people, or right. they don't seem to leave the game. But but that's still a similarly kind of old school graphic going on to yeah. it. But anyway, I'm totally rambling at this well, there's point. Well, there's a there's a fun thing too that happens um, talking again about the story, like what you're saying, not only just about this film, but uh, other films that seem to be picking up the right vibe of Pixar, which is tell a great story and get good characters behind it. And that's really the hard work. It's not animating it. You guys have all the technology right. in the world to make something look like what you want. Although the aesthetic is as much a character in these films as, you know, any film. Um, but there's a really interesting moment that this film doesn't necessarily have spoilers, but I'm not going to spoil what I'm about to say. I'm just going to say there's a really great moment when I was reminded of how deep the story had decided to dig itself when the the ruler of um, the Candyland, which is basically like Candyland and Mario Kart put right, into one. Right. Um, it, King Candy is the guy. And he has a very awesome moment where he he's... He's had a couple of run-ins with Ralph and uh, Vanellope, and he approaches Ralph all by himself and says, look, here's why she can't race. And he lays out this amazingly believable reason. Right. And it's it's an awesome, like, three or four minutes, and it totally changes Wreck-It Ralph's, you know, Ralph's um, perspective on stuff. And he realizes he's got a problem. He's either got to be a friend, which he isn't. He's the bad guy. You right. know, he's got to be a friend to Vanellope and help her. Because he recognizes the underdog in her because, like what you said, everybody's picking on her. And that's when he kind of was like, hey, I'm on her side. I'm always picked on and I'm going to help her. Right. And there's this awesome shift where as a character, he has to decide, do I help my friend or if by helping her, I'm really damning her. And he makes a hard decision. And the backlash is an emotional moment that's totally believable. I mean, I'm not just talking about right. like in video games. I'm just saying in any story, this would be totally believable. It, yeah, it was well and put this, together. And there's right. this gravity to the whole thing. He's not lying, but is he telling the whole truth? It doesn't matter. There's this story. And it's it's the kind of thing that when I'm watching it again, I'm like, I'm sitting back in my chair and I'm going, are you kidding me? Like, this is more heavy as a story right. than some live action typical dramas right. that, that I half see. the movies we've seen this and, year. And, and it just endeared me even more to it. Like, there's so many things that they do right um, you know, from the big thing, which is getting Ralph to be an instantly lovable, sympathetic kind of guy. He's right. and don't forget, he's the villain. Like I mean, I don't mean like in a twisting mustache way, but he's supposed to be this this scene that you see but, in the trailers. Well, where and what's cool is that none of the bad guys are really bad none of guys. that's right. Well, I was going to say this right. scene that you see in the trailer where they're all at um, they call it bad and on, and it's right. all the bad guys sitting around and they're telling each other it's okay that we're bad guys, and they right. even have a very funny mantra uh, at the end. But you you realize that 
even though he is supposed to be the bad guy that he's got, you know, this is cliche as hell, but he's got feelings. He just wants to be included. Is he a bad guy because he's bad? No, he's kind of like the Jessica rabbit thing. He's not bad. He's just drawn that way, that kind of thing. But there's so many things ranging from one of the first things you and I talked about on the way out, aside from how surprised we were and how great it was, was, you know, how crazy it must've cost to get the licensing for all of these real video game characters. Right. And in a way that kind of validated the environment, just like how, you know, how they had like Mr. Potato Head and, and Etch-A-Sketch and stuff in Toy Story, yeah. you know, Woody and Buzz are unique to right. themselves. But in, and even in like um, Roger Rabbit, when they just totally blew my mind by putting Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse together. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how the hell did anybody agree to let that right. happen? And they realized that in this world, if this is going to happen, you're going to have Pac-Man and Qbert hanging out with... You know, all these guys from other video games, old and new, and they really are going to socialize and they really are going to be envious of your pixel count. And it's just like if you're going to create a world behind the scenes, you're going to do it. Right. They're going to look at each other and And go, that's the 8-bit guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not going to fraternize with him because he's only 8-bit, you know, or he's only, you know, 1-bit, you know. And it was just so cool that they pulled it off. Yeah. And, you know, like we should say, because we were, we've talked a lot about all the different people who are in the in this movie right. from all these different games. And it's really cool to see, especially, I mean, if you're uh, our age and, right. and you played these games, but the trailer makes it look like, right. you know, nine tenths of the movie is just Pac-Man going by and, right. and yeah. you know, like it, like it's just on and on and on and on. They're yeah. going to pop up all over the place and they totally don't. Yeah. There are several no. times when they go into them, where it's just like you get to kind of catch these cameo moments. Yeah, it's a lot of cameos. And it's right. like it's like Hubert gets to, you know, be kind of involved. Yeah. Pac-Man gets to be have like a yeah. few seconds or, you know, but it's not like we have minutes and minutes of anyone. Right. Mostly it's just these tiny little things where you see some street fighter people walking mm-hmm. by. And you know, my favorite one and that makes it more fun because you have to find people. You, you have, have to, to like, look, look for it. And one of my favorites was the Burger Time guy. Yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. It's like, where did we pull that? What really old person, right. you know, is making this going, I remember. Right. I mean, right. you know, I got, no one's even going to know what that I got is. Goofy. How many people are even going to get that? Right. There were these moments, and like you said, there were these times when they were in Game Station, which is supposed to be the electric representation of the, the surge protector, you know, because they have right. to come in through and get by the surge protectors, which is really <laughs> right. funny. But when they're in the game station before they have to go to their own games, I was like, I was like stupid. I'm like getting all excited because I saw Joust. I saw oh, yeah, time. Right. I saw when they're when they're doing a moment, the Dig Dug guy dives into the ground and right. goes under. And I'm loving trying to figure out. I want to see it again just to see how many cameos I can catch that I didn't catch the first time. Right. But I mean, how it old do so you fun. have to be? You got to be even. We're dirt. I mean, yeah. You have to be like as, at least I as old tell you, as us. I thought, and this doesn't ruin anything, but I thought as I was watching the film and appreciated how smart it was being, I thought, well. They've given their hand away because in the trailer you always see this thing where they're all all the bad guys are sitting around and they're like we're not really bad we're just you know we're not bad guys we just play bad guys right that's their that's their motive and uh, I thought well okay Wreck It Ralph's going to get in trouble and all these bad guys are going to come in and save the day you're going to get Zangief oh, and right, M. Bison right, right. and Bowser and Bowser's going to have a great moment where he realizes like hey I can be good you know right. 
and it doesn't. I'm ruining this part. It doesn't do that. And but it doesn't I thought, go anywhere. With it that. doesn't even come anywhere. Which is near great. It, which is awesome. Yeah. Which, I just thought it. Which let is it smarter than you would think it would be, especially was, from watching the trailer. That's what I'm like. I thought just from seeing the trailer and then focus on that over and over again. I'm like, well, the bad video game guys are going to be the good guys. You right. know, and it it was way smarter than that, and right. it's it's it succeeds on every level because of it. And okay, so now here's uh, one of the things I was going to say a long time ago, and I totally got like tangented away. But what I was going to say is, um, you know, there are certain things you know are going to happen, um, and it it this led me into Pixar because on the uh, Blu-ray of Up, there's like a special feature where one of the big guys in Pixar, and I don't want to say because I can't remember for sure who it is, but one of the uh, writers for Pixar has this this thing where he explains how all stories are written, mm-hmm. and it's kind of creepy that <laughs> because it's like so. Here's what happens in the introduction, and they show you a bunch of movies where it's right. like see or like Monsters Inc. See, this is when that happens in Monsters Inc. Right. And then it goes, okay, so then, you know, whoever, whatever characters kind of get together in a relationship, then they have to have a problem, and they have to, like, get upset at each other. Right. And here's all the movies where that happens. So it's like, you know, you know certain things that, that are going to happen. You know that um, you know that Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope are going to start off not liking each other. Right. They're going to find some common ground, and then they're going to kind of like each other, and then they're going to help each other. And then something's going to happen that's going to have to be the wedge between them and like yeah. drive them apart. Yeah. And you know, if you're cynical, old jerk movie critics like we are, it, you know, you see all this stuff coming and you know what's going to happen. Yeah. But this movie does it so good that it's kind of like watching that special feature <clears throat> because when you watch it and he tells it to you and he goes, you know, so see this is where it happens in Up and he goes through all these Pixar movies and you go, oh my God, they're all the same story, right? Right. But then you go, but you know, when I watched it, I I didn't pay any attention to that at all. It just was working. You know, if you do it wrong, you'll just sit there and go, well, this is when this happened. This is when that happened. Yeah. And one of the, and the point where that stands out the best for me is the same point that you had when King Candy comes and talks to, to Ralph. Mm-hmm. And what's brilliant about that scene, it, that scene is done so well because just a few seconds ago, yeah. I mean, we, like we're going to spoil the movie to the extent that right. um, King Candy is basically a bad guy. I mean, we've kind of right. let that cat right. out of the bag anyway. Right. Um but he comes into this thing where he's going to talk to Ralph. And it's just a few seconds ago we saw him really being kind of crazy, nasty guy, yeah, yeah. right? So we know that he doesn't have any kind of this altruistic right. motive yeah, no he's good. trying to sell, right? right? But when he does it, you, like, almost buy it. Absolutely. Even though you totally you know, know, you know what but... just happened. You go, well... Maybe that right, uh, right, right. Maybe <laughs> and, he, then, and yeah, and then he goes a little crazier later or whatever. Right. But that scene comes together so well and it's crazy well, yeah, that you're sitting there watching it and you're like in the same boat as Ralph, right? You're just kind of going, well, it's a perfect, it's a perfect repercussion of their story. They've already established all these bad guys aren't bad, they're just a right, they're not bad guys, they're just bad guys, right. And in one moment, you reinforce that with King Candy, who is the bad guy of this game. But then you realize, well, wait a minute, maybe he's not a bad guy, like because he's ultimately trying to save 
he says anyway, he's ultimately trying to save Vanellope and everybody else in the game and right. himself and his game. And he lays out such an, an incredibly, excruciatingly, perfectly believable argument. You're like, oh, right. man, that's you're totally, screwed. That totally, he's that totally, totally right. Makes sense. Leave him alone. Right. You know? that's to- it, totally, it, awesome. it totally makes sense. And, and not only that, but it makes sense even, even if he's lying because right, exactly. this is the thing that he wants to screw you over with. Right. It's still true, the stuff that he's saying. It's yeah. like perfectly constructed lie because it's true. It's true, right. And that that even gives you like kind of more of like this yeah. weird layer of being able to kind of peel away the movie because we have this whole thing about the bad guys, like you said, and yeah. the, you know, the whole bad non and everything. Yeah. And it kind of throws you about King Candy mm-hmm. because he's a bad guy. But actually what's weird is that He's not the bad guy in the right. game because there is no bad guy in that game, really. Right. It's not like he's it's a, not a game of bad guys. He, it's he, just a racing. Right. Game. He's not a bad guy yeah. in there. But when he's acting like a bad guy, yeah, or he's acting, you know, obnoxious at him, right. sort of. You know, you're you've kind of been suckered into this whole yeah. the bad guys are not necessarily bad right. guys, and then you're going, but wait, this is like behind the scenes time, and that's right. and you're like, wow, and, and it's <laughs> yeah. And then you're, and then after a while you're going. I'm watching a cartoon, right? How right. you know how this thing is? This is not yeah. like you're not you know, supposed to be this. I know this know, is and sophisticated. It's and, not like a, a, you know, like Ponyo or you right, know, like right, <laughs> right. like some you know I don't know triplets of Belleville. No, it's, it's not. not trying to be a real movie, just animated. It's right. an animated, you know, cartoon kind of movie like Pixar. And yeah. you're going, how can all of this? Yeah stuff be going on and here's like the weirdest thing about this movie and you know because we're getting kind of close on uh, our yeah. time here and so we should try to at least pretend to wrap up right. even though we never do but what's weird is i am like really trying to go what is on my con side of this movie mm-hmm. and i can't believe that is happening yeah <laughs> because yeah. i'm like you know what really is wrong there are a couple of there are a couple of moments, and it was funny because when we walked out of the theater, when we did see this, and you know, I have to throw out that we saw this on Friday night, right? And we are we are actually in this in this strange kind of mode where we're about to see everything that we didn't see already in the year, like right. really fast, and everything goes berserk. And actually, before we wrap up, I should mention too, just to throw it out there, that the uh, Critics' Choice Movie Awards, which I'm a member of the Broadcast Broadcast Film Critics Association, so that's me, Mm -hmm. Critics' Choice Awards, uh, the Critics' Choice Movie Awards has been moved now to VH1. I or no, that. no, not to VH1, to the CW. It was oh, okay. on VH1. I was going to say it, it was always on the v, on VH1. Yeah. And this year it's going to be on the CW, which is you know I guess bigger. Yeah. So so that's pretty awesome. Yep. It's going to be on January 10th, and they are having like kind of a uh, a, a People's Choice Award yeah. in their awards this year. They're they're adding a new thing. So uh, I don't know. They're having some sort of vote that. The fans vote for something. Right. I don't know. But anyway, so it's that kind of time. So we're like crazy. But we saw it on Friday. But what was uh, what was cool was you mentioned when we were walking out. Um, yeah, I've totally lost my train of thought. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we were talking about it right when we walked out. And you were saying some stuff about the negatives. 
mm-hmm. kind of. You were like going, well, there's this part where maybe this is this, and uh, maybe this is that. And then you know, in the end, you said, but you know, no. Yeah, no, I start, I was trying to find a way to not just be like, this was so cool. I know. And, and, and I was like, I'm look, there was, the a, thing, there was a moment. Crazy. I remember walking out and thinking there was maybe a moment that just seemed pacing-wise off, but that's only because the excitement of the initial 20 minutes where you get everything new and it's done perfect and everything's exciting and fun, all the characters, all the nostalgia, it's got a real gravity to it. And I was thinking, wow, that's so exciting stuff. And then they have to tell their story. And 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 then then it feels like it slows, but it doesn't. We get into kind of Felix mode. Right. Yeah. Where we're running through Felix's, part of Felix's side of the story and what he's doing and where he's coming from. And it's really cool, you know, it's funny, the things that you know are going to happen, that when they happen, it still works anyway, Right. which is its own weird thing. Because as you're going through this movie, you know there's going to be a time when Felix goes, you know, everybody's against me and just throwing me aside or whatever. And and so just so that Ralph can go, "Uh uh-huh, welcome to my game or whatever, right? right. You know that's going to happen, and then when it happens, it's yeah. They do it so well yeah. that you don't even pay attention to the fact that it that it happened. It's not like you go, oh, there right. it is, you know. Right. And there are, you know, there are a lot of different moments like that when um, you know the movie's going to have to say certain things, and yet it does it in a way that you still totally don't expect, yeah. and it. It does it with, you know, the screenplay of this movie. Yeah. Just uh, like we already said, uh, you know, just kicks the hell out of so many, so many regular movies. Regular films, right. You know? Even like I was, giant budget. Though. I was afraid. I almost leaned over to you at one point when they were about to leave the, the candy um, game. Uh, and I almost was like, so when is this movie going to jump off the cliff? When is this, when is this going <laughs> to fall apart? Because really, like... It's been so great for so long. And and like what you were just saying, one of the things, you know, people can argue it was just like Toy Story, you know, and I see the similarities. But the fact is, you know, like what you said earlier, too, a lot of your stories, whether or not you like action films and they all follow the Indiana Jones kind of thing, which is this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. You can you can argue that so many of these films follow the same routine. Right. They don't always follow it very well. And they don't always like land, you know, very well on their feet, or they don't go through the motions. This thing, this thing had a a plus stuff written all over it, and it's not surprising that it follows like a Pixar thing. But I guess I guess I can I can see that, but I don't feel that. You know what I mean? I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I can see how you would say, not you, but I can see how someone would say it's just Toy Story with video games. Right. And I get it, but I don't feel it. Like it feels. It did not. It did not come across that way at all it's kind of it's kind of weird because you'd almost think toy story just automatically has this better sort of sell to it even though i you know i guess you can go in the other video games and die but you know like the they can't even die like like the toys at least could get lost or you know they could you know, there's parts in Toy Story where it's like, you know, you're getting old and worn out and right. you could break and stuff like that. And then, like, you're gone as right. a toy or whatever. And, and here it's like, how do you even how do you even care about these characters? Because right. 
nothing could happen to him. Right. I mean, right. We, we, within we, reason. Like right. I like I said, we do have yeah. the thing where you go in another game, but yeah. they die and yeah. whatever, and it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we should wrap up. Yeah. Um, we don't if have we a, do this right. We can get out of here. Yeah. Time. We don't have a lot of time, and you know, I, I'm telling you, I just can't really see the negatives. I, this is a five star film, and for me, if I can't see the yeah. negatives, it's then how can it not be five stars? Which I, just absolutely totally that blows me away. It totally does yeah. me too. And you know what is really cool about this movie? Even to go to and at the end of it. You know, come out the other end of a movie and go, right. yeah, it's five stars. That's one thing. Right. But to come out of it and go, I am totally shocked and amazed yeah. that it's five star, and I had no idea that that was coming. Right. That's even a different thing. And for yeah. us both to do it, right, it, right, it's just bizarre. I, either it's one of so us could have been surprisingly yeah. good. That, we could have come out and been like, I'm five. You're like, I see how you get there. I, there were a couple things. I'm four, four and a half. Right. You know? This, this and was I really thought I really thought going into this, and you know that's the whole expectation thing right. comes into play. Maybe, maybe that's right. what happens, but I thought I was getting like two and a half. So I, lucky. I'm like, if this is great in places, it'll be three, three and a half. Right. But man, it, it got three and a half ten minutes in. Right, you know, it was so awesome. Completely out of time. We will see you next week yep. on Monday for Skyfall. And thanks for tuning in. And goodbye. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you.